We are going to be uh, continuing on in a series that we are in called Relationship with God. And tonight kicks off part three of this series, right? And so last week we talked about how to pray. How many of you enjoyed the message from last week that talked about how to pray? How many of you enjoyed that message? And also another question that I have for you guys, did you learn anything from the how to pray message? Did you learn anything from that message? Did that message teach you something that you didn't know? Were you able to go and implement some of those things? Or how's your prayer life been? Have you been praying more? Have you been trusting God more? Have you been opening up your mouth more and praying God and seeking him? So um, yes, yes, yes. So again, last week we talked about how to pray. And so this week we're going to be tapping into part three of this relationship with God series and God series. And so in having a relationship with God and having a relationship with God, guys, I think it's important that we are open and honest with being truthful to ourselves, truthful to God, which in turn will help us to be truthful with others, right? One of the most common mistakes that we make as Christians, as believers, is trusting ourselves too much. One of the most common mistakes that we make as a Christian, as believers, is trusting ourselves too much. So for those of you who like to take notes, um, tonight's topic is don't trust yourself. Uh, Tonight's focus scripture is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And then we have a second uh, focus scripture, which is going to be Proverbs 28 and 26. So tonight's focus scripture is going to be Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and then Proverbs 28 through 26, right? So I'm going to go ahead and start by reading Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 in the NIV version, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 28 and 26 says this, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. He who walks in wisdom will be delivered, right? So those are the two scriptures that we are going to be focusing on tonight, right? So again, I think one of the most common things that that keep Christians in trouble and keep so many of us in sin, right? And keep so many of us going through different cycles is the fact that we trust ourselves too much. We trust ourselves too much. We we trust in in our own ability too much. Right. So before you guys tap out on this message, I just want you guys to really hone in on what the word says. Sometimes we put more trust or reliance in our own ability than God's ability. Sometimes we put more trust in our own ability, what we can do, what we can accomplish, what we can get done than God's ability. And I understand why, because we have a history with ourselves. We have a track record with ourselves. And so we trust ourselves so much, or we think we trust ourselves so much. So it feels easy. It feels easy to rely on yourself. However, what I've learned over the years is that the scripture is true when it says that we should trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, right? It didn't say trust in the Lord with half of your heart. It didn't say trust in the Lord with the percentage of your heart, but it says trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
The problem comes in when we don't water our relationship with God. That's when the problem begins to come in. It's when we do not water our relationship with God. Why am I talking about watering your relationship with God? Because in order to trust someone, you must have a relationship with them. In order to trust someone, you must have a relationship with them. Am I right or wrong? A lot of times we believe that just because we say that we love God with our lips or just because we say that we follow God with our lips, that means that we have an actual relationship with him. How many of you know that people can say a lot of things? People can say a lot of things. People can say what they're going to do. People can say, I trust you. People can say, I love you. But the fact of the matter is their actions is what speak. Their actions will speak louder than what they say out of their mouths. Some of you may say that actions speak louder than words. And so, like I said, we can say that we have a relationship with God. We can say, you know, who we are to him, but it's going to be your actions that tells the truth is going to be your actions that says the truth, right? Your actions will determine and prove whether or not you have a relationship with God. What are your actions showing you? What are your actions showing you? Are your actions showing that you are just somebody that talks about God? Is your action showing that you are just somebody that reads about God? Or is your action showing that you have a real relationship with him? When you're in a relationship with someone, you're really focused on building a healthy relationship. When you get in a new a new relationship with someone, you're focused on building a solid foundation. Now, when you've been in a relationship with somebody for a while, you still want the relationship to feel good. And in order for the relationship to feel good, you got to work on building a healthy relationship. So many of us, we got to understand that when you are in a relationship with God, you also got to water that relationship. You got to be focused on building a healthy relationship, right? Because healthy is the key word here. Healthy is a key word because some of us are in a relationship with God, but it's not really healthy. Some of us, if we can be honest on tonight, we are in relationship with God. And, and as a matter of fact, we've been in a relationship with God for a long time. But if we can be honest, it's not a real healthy relationship. Some of us are in relationship with God for what he can do for us. So it's transactional. God, if you do this for me, then I'll pray. God, if you do this for me, then I'll worship you. God, if you do this for me, then I'll give you, I'll pay my tithes, God. If you give me more money, I'll do this. Some of us are in a relationship with God, but it's a give and take relationship. It's a toxic relationship. God, I'll fool around with you sometimes, but I can't fool around with you all the time. God, I'll give you this part of my heart, but I can't give you this part of my heart. God, I'll give you this side of me, but I can't give you the whole me. Some of us are in a relationship with him, but it's not a whole relationship with him. So in order to trust God with your whole heart, you have to begin to develop develop a relationship. You got to begin to develop a healthy relationship. In relationships, trust isn't something that is given overnight. Are y'all following me on tonight? My God, in relationships, trust isn't something that is given overnight. You don't get in a relationship with somebody and then all automatically you're trusting them. Now, some of y'all do it, but you really don't know what you're getting yourself into when you call yourself getting into a relationship with somebody and then you trust in them like you don't know them for all of your life. You got to use wisdom. You got to use wisdom. You got to use wisdom. 
So in relationships, trust isn't something that is given overnight. You start to develop trust for someone over time. It happens over time. And I know y'all listening and I know y'all looking at me with y'all religious eyes. And I know y'all listening with y'all religious ears right now because some of you are like, I don't know what she's talking about, but I know I trust God. I know I trust God, but hear me out. Hear me out because the way that you live shows and proves that you don't trust God as much as you say you do. The way that you pray and the way that you talk to others, it shows and proves that you really don't trust God. The way that you say you do, the way that you talk about your situation to other people, it shows that you don't trust God the way that you say you do. And I'm not pointing a righteous finger on tonight. I'm talking to us on tonight, which includes myself. Why? Because I know what it feels like to say that I trust you, Lord, but my action shows otherwise. I know what it feels like to say, God, I trust you. But when I start getting the notices in the mail, I start to get fearful. I know what it feels like to say, God, I trust you with my future. I trust you with my everything, but to begin to put my trust in other things. So I'm talking to us on tonight. I'm talking to us. Hallelujah. We got to all begin to come up in our way of thinking. We got to all begin to come up in our relationship with God. Our relationship with God should always be evolving. It should always be evolving. It should always be evolving. Always. So like I said, trust, trust doesn't come overnight. Trust is something that comes after a relationship starts to develop, after you start to have history together. And I know some of you feel like when you gave your life to Christ, that you automatically trusted him 100%, that you automatically trusted him immediately. But think about it. Although you may have intentions to trust him immediately, although you may have wanted to trust him immediately, you didn't trust him immediately because you didn't know all of his ways just yet. You were skeptical as to whether or not he was going to come through for you. You were questioning whether or not he really could heal the sick and raise the dead. You were questioning whether or not he really could provide for you. Some of you were questioning whether or not he really is a way maker. Some of you have been questioning questioning whether or not God is really a deliverer, whether or not he will really deliver you from the hand of the enemy. Some of you guys have been questioning. You had a lot of questions. So that indicates that you did not fully trust God 100% and in your initial relationship with him. And honestly, if you ask those questions, it's nothing to be ashamed about because all of those questions and all of those feelings are valid. The only thing that that lets us know is that you guys had to develop your relationship relationship. It wasn't until you didn't have a dime and you saw, you saw that God would show up and provide that you were able to trust him as provider. It wasn't until you didn't know whether or not he would come through and heal you. And then the doctors, they came back with a good report. That's how you were able to trust him as your healer. It wasn't until you witnessed him heal somebody else that you said, man, he's really a healer. It wasn't until you went through the heartbreak and you wanted to leave this world. You didn't think that you were going to make it through that last heartbreak. You didn't think that you were going to make it through that last person walking out on you. Some of you didn't think that you were going to make it through that last season of your life, but it wasn't until the peace of God 
God would surpass all understanding came in and showed you that you can be healed. You can be whole. You can be happy. You can be set free. Hallelujah. If you would just lean into me, if you would just trust me, it wasn't until then that you were able to see that I'm able to trust in God. It wasn't until you broke through all of those situations. It wasn't until you started to develop a track record with God that you realized that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It wasn't until then that you were able to see, hallelujah, who God really is. That's when you realize that God will do what he said he would do. That's when you realize that I can trust God. I can really trust you, Jesus. That's when you realize hallelujah when when people counted you out but God counted you in that's when you really realize that you can trust in Jesus hallelujah how many of you got a track record that proves that you can trust God how many of you got a track record with God that shows that you can trust God how many of you know that you know that you know that you can rely on God how many of you know that you can depend on God that that without a shadow of a doubt that God is going to come through It wasn't until you broke through all of those situations. It wasn't until God delivered you from the hand of the enemy. It wasn't until then that you started to develop that track record to God, that you started to realize that I can really trust him. That's when you realize that he is a covenant keeping God. That's when you realize that he's not he's he's not just a God that you read about and you put away that he's alive and that he's living and that he that he is the God that answers by fire, that he is the God that can deliver you from the hand of the enemy. That's when you realize that he is a promise keeper. How many how many promises have God kept? How many times have God made you a promise and he stood on his word? How many times have God healed you? How many times have he, have he delivered you, even though you should have been dead, even though you should have been tossed to the side, even though you should have been somewhere in a crazy home with your mind jacked up, even though you should have been going through all type of hell, but God came in and he intervened. That's when you realize that you can depend on God. But what about the second half of that scripture? That says, do not lean on your own understanding. How many of you guys have ever leaned on your own understanding? How many of you guys have ever leaned on what you thought you knew? How many of you guys have ever leaned, leaned on what you thought you knew or what you thought was right? I know this message on tonight may not be for everybody, but I know it's for a group of people who are tired of trying things on their own. I know it's for a group of people who are like, God, listen, I'm tired of trusting myself. I really want to trust in you. I know it's for a group of people who know what it feels like to lean on their own understanding. It's for a group of people who, who have tried to do it their own way and they realize I can't do it on my own way anymore. I know it's time for me to stop relying on myself. You don't try it every resource. You don't try it everybody 
else. And now you like, okay, God, I'm ready to trust you. Hallelujah. I'm ready to put my trust in you again. I'm ready to trust you because I don't made some decisions on my own. I don't made some decisions based off of what everybody else told me to do. I don't made some decisions based off of how my emotions felt. I don't made some decisions based off of how I felt in that moment, God, but I'm ready to lean on you again. I'm ready to trust in you again. Do I have a people in here on tonight who's ready to trust in God again? The scripture says, don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, it says, don't trust yourself. When the scripture says, do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, it says, don't trust yourself. It says, God, trust God with all of your heart, but do not lean on your own understanding. Why would the scripture instruct us not to lean on our own understanding? Because as human beings, we can be so fickle. As human beings, we can be so up and down. As human beings, one day we're wanting to make the right decision. The next day we want to do our own thing. As human beings, one day we want to pray and say, God, I trust you with everything. But the next day we like, girl, I don't really know if God said that. In one day, in as human beings, we are fast and pray one week, but the next week we're like, God, I can't hear you. As human beings, our flesh is fickle. We can be up and down. That's why the scripture told us not to lean on our own understanding. As human beings, sometimes we don't make the best decision. Scripture says it best in Matthew 26 and 41. Matthew 26 and 41 says this, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Huh? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you already know this scripture right here to be true? How many of you already know that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? How many times have the flesh won in your life? How many times have the flesh won in your life where you thought you were strong in a thing, but the flesh took over where you thought you can handle something, but your flesh took over where you thought, hallelujah, that you were healed. But when they said something to you, you cursed them, slapped out. When you thought, when you thought that you wasn't triggered by something, but your flesh came in and showed you that you still got some healing that you need to do. Hallelujah. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't know. My God, I feel y'all on tonight. I feel like some of y'all are pulling and grabbing for this message, but then I still feel like a other half of the room is just not ready to receive. And so, Father God, we just speak to the hearts and the minds of your people right now, oh God. As this word is going out, as this word is being delivered, I pray that it will begin to penetrate the hearts and the minds of your people. I pray now in the name of Jesus that it will begin to penetrate their minds. I pray now in the name of Jesus, that we will not be women that sit up under the word, that read the Bible, but stay the same. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus, God, that your transformation will begin to take place now in Jesus' name. Paul, God, back to the message. Paul states right here. Paul states in his letter to the Romans that there was something in the members of his body called my flesh. I know you guys are hearing us talk about the spirit and the flesh, but I'm going to I'm going to break it down to you. So Paul states in his letter 
to the Romans that there was something in the members of his body called my flesh, which produced difficulty in his Christian life. And it made him a prisoner of sin. The Greek word for flesh in the New Testament is sarx, which is S-A-R-X. And that's a term that is often in scripture. It refers to as the physical body, right? So when we talk about the flesh, we're talking about the physical body as a whole, right? All parts of the body is known as the flesh, which is then dominated by sin to such a degree wherever the flesh is, right? Y'all follow me on tonight. So the flesh is connected to sin and sin is connected to the flesh. So all forms of sin are likewise present and, and there's no good thing that can live there. So our flesh is our human nature, right? We are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings and we are living a human experience. Our flesh is our human nature. We have to be able to tell the difference from when we are living according to our flesh and when we are living according to the spirit of God. We got to be able to tell the difference from, from when we are living according to our flesh and when we are living according to the spirit of God, right? So if you are trying to live in your flesh alone, you'll know because it's a struggle. It's a struggle, guys. It may feel good from time to time, but it's a struggle and it's dangerous. So how, how does the flesh manifest itself? How does the flesh show up in human beings? How does the flesh show up in our lives? So we're going to go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21 really quick. And this is just going to talk about how the flesh shows up in our lives. So tonight's message is really not about this at all. But, you know, since we're here, we're going to dive into this thing, right? So Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says this. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things of these, which I forewarn you just as I, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? So again, tonight's message was not about this at all, but while we're here, I think it's important to understand why we cannot trust ourselves 100%. We cannot trust ourselves because relying on ourselves would be relying on our flesh, which can then lead to destruction. That's why we cannot trust ourselves. So how do we overcome the flesh? The first step is acknowledging that you've been trusting in yourself rather than God. That's the first step to overcoming your flesh. Is acknowledging that you've been trusting in yourself rather than God. When was the last time you actually took inventory of how you've been doing things? When was the last time you actually took inventory of what you are doing, how you are doing things? The first step is acknowledging that you have been doing things in your own way and that you really haven't been trusting God like you know you can. The next step is being able to walk in the spirit. The next step is walking in the spirit. 
which is simply allowing Holy Spirit to empower you to live right before before God. Walking in the spirit, walking in the spirit, allowing Holy Spirit to empower you because you feel like Holy Spirit is just for you to speak in tongues. No, Holy Spirit is to empower you to live right, to make wise decisions and not to obey your flesh. Right. So. Scripture says this, Galatians 5 and 16, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh, right? The last step is in overcoming your flesh is to kill and crucify your flesh. Is to kill and crucify your flesh. So some of you may be saying, why does it seem like I'm so fleshly? Why does it seem like I'm always doing things contrary to what God told me to do? Why does it seem like I don't hunger and thirst for righteousness? Why does it seem like I'm always after my flesh? Why does it seem like my flesh is so strong? Why does it seem like I'm always wanting to or desiring to do wrong? Why does it seem like I'm always wanting to do what everyone else is doing? Why does it seem like I always got some negative thought in my mind? Why does it seem like I always got something negative to say? Why does it seem like I'm always complaining? Why does it seem like I'm always caught up in lust? Why does it seem like I'm always confused? Why does it seem like I'm always double-minded? Why does it seem like I'm always putting my hope and my trust in other people? Why does it seem like I'm always having an attitude problem? Why does it seem like I'm always going through hell after hell after hell and I can't seem to shake myself out of the situation? Why does it seem like this? The question is, have you starved your flesh of its desires? When was the last time you starved your flesh of its desires? When was the last time you told your flesh to die? Are you giving your flesh what it wants when it wants? Or are you starving your flesh where the flesh is starved of its desires? Those desires will eventually die. When was the last time you starved your flesh? Sometimes your flesh, starving your flesh could look like saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to overeat. Sometimes starving your flesh could look like saying, I'm not really hungry. So I'm not going to go in that kitchen and emotionally eat just because I'm stressed out. Sometimes starving your flesh could look like I can't watch this TV show tonight because I already know it's going to then cause me to turn on the porn. Sometimes starving your flesh could look like I cannot have this conversation with you this late because anytime we're on the phone this late, it causes my mind to wonder and we may end up talking about some things that may take me back. Sometimes starving your flesh may look like saying, girl, I cannot engage in that type of conversation with you because then that will lead me to gossiping and I really don't want want to put my mouth on nobody else's situation. I'm tired of being a gossiper. I don't want to gossip anymore. I got too much stuff to be dealing with in my own life. I don't want to cause myself to be cursed by putting my mouth on somebody else. So starving your flesh. When was the last time you starved your flesh? When was the last time you told your flesh no? 
When was the last time you starved your flesh and said, no, it feels good. It may be temporarily satisfying, but I want something else that's going to last. When was the last time you told that dude? You may know how to do all the right things in the bedroom, but this relationship cannot survive off of sex alone. I've been in relationships before where the primary focus was sex and the relationship did not survive because after the lust is over, you realize that you really don't even like each other like that. After the lust is over, you realize that you are not even attracted to each other like that. After you get out of the lust, after you don't got all of the orgasms, after, after sex no longer satisfies you, you realize that this is not even your person anymore, that this is not even the person that you thought it was going to be. Who am I talking to on tonight? Do I have any ladies in here that is willing to, willing to to be real. My goal is never to step on anybody's toes. My goal is to give the instructions as God gives them to me. We got to walk this thing out. And the only way to walk this thing out is to get in the word of God, because that's where his instruction is. I'm not talking at y'all. I'm talking to us because just as you guys are being tested, just as you guys are being tried, so am I. The enemy is listening. He's listening. He's listening to see who's going to allow this word to enter in. He's listening to see who's really going to stand on the word of God. He's looking and he's listening to see who can I go out and tempt tonight? Who can I go out and tempt this weekend? Who can I go out and get? He's listening. He's listening. He's looking to see who he can snatch the word from. So even though a person is born again through the spirit of God. He must still understand that he still possesses the old nature, which is desires that war with the new nature. Your old self is warring with your new self. How many of you guys feel like your old, you are in a war with your old self? Your new self is at war with your old self. How many of you guys feel like your, your old self and your new self are at war and you fighting for the life that you want, but your old self keep trying to pull you back? From a practical standpoint, the Christian as a Christian, we purposely avoid feed, feeding the old fleshly nature, right? We should avoid feeding the old fleshly nature, but sometimes it just feels too good. So let's go back to Proverbs 28 and 26, and we're almost done. Proverbs 28 and 26 says this, whoever trusts in his own, his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Like I said, I know we want to trust ourselves, but scriptures say that if you trust in your own mind, you're a fool. But who, he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Now, if you are renewing your mind daily in the word and seeking God's wisdom, then yes, walk into that room like you know that God sent you there. Make that decision like you know that God can trust you to make decisions. But you still want to trust the Lord with all of your heart and you still want to make sure that you are not leaning on your own understanding. 
If you know that you have not been renewing your mind by God's word and getting wisdom and getting understanding, then you may not want to lean on your own understanding. You may want to go. I don't know about y'all, but every decision that I make, I really need to consult with God. Consulting with God is not always consulting with everybody else. Yes, he'll call wise counsel to come in. He'll he'll put people in your life that can give you wise counsel, but you got to learn how to go to God and you got to learn how to listen out for his direction. I've personally been in or found myself in a lot of situations because I trusted myself too much. I found myself in a lot of situations because I trusted myself too much and my flesh quickly took over. I'm telling y'all what I know. How many times have you said, oh, I know me. I know how much I can take. You know, I just, I I know, I know what gets me going such and such. How many times have you said, oh, I know myself. I know I can trust me. I know there were times, guys, when I played worship music on the way to a Negro house and I still ended up in his bed. I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm just going over here. We're just going to chill. It's nothing. You know, I've been reading my Bible all day to prepare myself to be strong in the Lord. All of these type of things that we try to work our way up and say, but I still ended up falling short. I still ended up, the flesh still ended up taking over. So that's why it says walk in the spirit. So then you can walk in wisdom because walking in the spirit and walking in wisdom would have said, don't put yourself in a situation like that. Don't put yourself in a situation to be tempted, right? Because we say things like, I'm grown, you know, I'm grown. I can do what I want to do. I can cuddle. I can, I can cuddle without doing anything. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm grown. I can do all of these type of things. I can kiss and it ain't going to go too far. You know, it ain't going to go too far. It ain't, we ain't going to do nothing. Yes, we are grown, but we also want to be led by God. I don't know about you guys. And I know some of you guys may feel like, man, I'm, I'm living my life right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm living my life. All of these different type of things. That's fine. I have no judgment. This is, I'm not bringing any judgment on nobody. I'm talking to those who are like, listen, I am at a place in my life where it has to be God, right? I got to trust God with what I feel like is impossible because some of you won't fully give your life to God 100% because you feel like, like Lysandra just said, she feels like now her life is boring, but I don't know about you guys, but God can give you, he can show you. He can show you how to live this life that he gave you. He can show you how to do it. He can show you if you let him, We have to be led by God. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want another, I don't want to build another relationship just off the strength of lust. I don't want to build another relationship off of that, where the only thing that we have in common is that we're horny. That's not enough for me anymore. Sex is not enough for me anymore. It's good and all of that, but it's just not enough. What else do we have in common? I don't want to build another relationship off of trauma. 
Well, the only thing that we have in common is the fact that we both grew up in toxic families, that we both came from toxic backgrounds. I don't want to build another relationship off of, off of a rocky foundation. I want something that is going to last. I want us to be spirit led. I want us to be spirit led. So we can't trust ourselves too much, right? We're almost done. So not leaning on your own understanding looks like this. Not leaning on your own understanding looks like this. You know, you may say things like, God, this is what I want to do. But I'm not sure if it's the right thing that I should do. So I'm going to surrender this situation to you so that you can show me the way. Because God, I know sometimes my emotions take control. God, I know sometimes my emotions take over. God, I know sometimes I make emotional-based decisions, oh God. And so I just want to give you permission to take over. I just want to give you permission, God, to move on this decision, God. Not leaning on your own understanding may also look like you trusting God to deliver you and cause breakthrough in your life. Some of us are trusting ourselves so much right now to the point where we are tired and burnt out. You're trying to do everything in your own strength. You're afraid to ask for help. You're afraid to tell people what it really is. That's how you overcome. That's how doors begin to open in your life. When you begin to open up your mouth and admit that I'm struggling, I begin to open up my mouth and I begin to say, I cannot handle this thing on my own. I begin to open up my mouth and say, listen, I'm going to need some help. I thought I had it, but I really don't. That's what trusting God looks like. That's what trusting God to bring breakthrough looks like. That's what it looks like in your life. If you let God show you the way, he will show you a way that brings favor. God will have people to bless you and people won't even know why they blessing you. But because you're in the will of the Lord, because you're one of God's own, because you're God's daughter, people will be like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but but God just told me to do this for you. I don't know why I'm doing this for you. It may be, it may be the meanest person in the world, but when God tells them or suggests them to show you favor, they have no choice but to do it. The word says that the blessings of the Lord make it rich and add it no sorrow. God doesn't want you stressed. I don't know who I need to who I need to relay this information to right now on tonight. Because I know a lot of times you feel like God want me to keep going through this because this is going to make me stronger. You know, God wants me to go through situation after situation after situation because this is going to make me stronger. Yes, God uses every single situation. He uses everything that we go through. Nothing that we go through is in vain and he causes all things to work together for our good. But the the word says that the blessings of the Lord make it rich. They added no sorrow. They add no, no sorrow. Yeah, you may be in a season. This may be your process. But this is not your story. 
This is not how your story ends. Somebody needs to speak that over their lives right now that this is not how my story ends. Somebody need to type that in the comments as a prophetic act saying that this is not how my story will end. I will not always be broke. I will not always be living paycheck to paycheck. I will not always be going through bad relationships. I am love. I am lovable. I am an overcomer. It will not always be like this. This is not how my story will end. I know the enemy has tried to make you feel like this is the best that it's going to get. I know the enemy has tried to make you feel like that this is what you deserve. Some of some of you even feel like God is punishing you. The enemy has got you to think or try to make you feel like that God is punishing you. But I just hear the Lord saying, I am not punishing you. I hear the Lord saying that my hand is upon you. I hear the Lord saying that I'm causing breakthrough to happen in your life. I hear the Lord saying that I'm telling you what I know. Although that it looks like this is how it's going to end. This is not how your story ends. This was not how your story will end. I know you don't seen a lot of people die at a young age. I know you don't seen a lot of people die around you, but I hear the Lord saying, this is not your story. This is not your story. I know you don't seen a lot of people around you and in your family get diagnosed with certain things like cancer and thyroids and all of these type of generational curses. But I hear the Lord saying, this is not your story. Some of you guys have received a diagnosis and you feel like this is the end for you, but I hear the Lord saying that this is not how your story will end. I hear the Lord saying that I have more for you. I hear the Lord breaking shame off of some of you guys because some of you guys really want to do right. Some of you guys really have a heart to do right. Some of you really have a heart to live right. And some of you guys are called. God has chose you. God has appointed you. God has told you, hallelujah, what it is that you need to do. But it's a struggle with your flesh. It's a struggle. It's a struggle every single day, but I even see the Lord causing some of you to break out. I see the Lord causing some of you to break out and break through even now, even as these words are being released. I just see some of you where it seems like you've been in stray jackets, where it seems like you've been in stray coats, and I see the Lord breaking you out little by little. I see the Lord showing you guys, hallelujah, what it's like, hallelujah, to live a life on fire for the Lord again. I just see the Lord causing deliverance to come into your life like never before. He's delivering you guys. I know the word says that deliverance is the children's bread and God is calling. He's delivering you. Some of you guys are going to go through deliverance after deliverance after deliverance. And that may be something that we can teach on in the next coming of days because deliverance is going to take place. God is getting ready to deliver you from everything that is keeping you bound. Some of you guys are dealing with so many demons. Some of you guys are dealing with so many strongholds. How many of you know that demons will live in your house as long as you let them? How many of you know that demons will try to kill you if you let them? How many of you know that demons will keep their hands on your children? Last weekend, I had to gather my son and my daughter up in my living room and we had to pray uh, together. We had to pray away every demon. We had to open up our doors. We had to, I'm telling y'all, 
my God, I'm telling you guys what you have to do. You are in a war. The enemy hates you and you should hate the enemy. Have you ever seen a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old go through deliverance? They may not even know what they were dealing with that Saturday, but they woke up that Sunday and my son said, I feel lighter. I feel good. I seen my son and it seemed like a weight was lifted off of him. My daughter, she was just weeping and she was crying and she was bent over on the flow. She didn't even realize that the enemy had a hold on her. That a demon, I told the demons to lose her. I told the demons to let her go. Some of you guys, you don't want to talk to your children and you don't want to be real with them, but they need to understand that the devil can't stand them. They need to understand that demons are real. Hallelujah. They need to understand that you got to be able to open up your mouth and tell that demon to let you go. They need to be able to understand. Hallelujah that God will deliver them. I watched and they watched each other get delivered that day. We all needed to get delivered that weekend. My daughter, she was slouched over, bit over, crying. Hallelujah. But before you know it, God came in and he caused deliverance to begin to take place. And she stood up all of a sudden. She said, mom, I feel better. See, you don't know until you have those type of encounters with God. See, those are the type of things that will last. You can tell your children one thing, but one thing about it those are the conversations those are the type of encounters that are they are going to remember my God, you can tell your daughter not to go up, go out there and lay up with a Negro. You can tell her that hallelujah, but she still may go out there and do what it is that she wants to do. Hallelujah. But when all hell begins to break through, she go on remember hallelujah. I know that my God is a deliverer. I know that hallelujah. I can tell this demon to leave from me. You can tell your son whatever you want to tell your son. Hallelujah. But he got to go through his own journey. But one thing that they will remember is the name of Jesus. Jesus. One thing that my kids will remember with the call on the name of the Lord. One thing that they will remember, hallelujah, that there is a man named Jesus, hallelujah. One thing that they will remember, hallelujah, and that they will seek after, hallelujah, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I told the enemy, I see what you're trying to do, hallelujah. I know that you're trying to, what you're trying to do to my children. I know what you're trying to do to my mind, hallelujah, but you cannot have my children. Some of you got to say, you cannot have my children. And some of you, hallelujah, are on here and y'all don't even have kids. You don't even know that the demon and the devils, they've been on you. They've been after you. And some of you guys need to tell these enemies and tell these demons that you cannot have me. Some of you guys need to walk through your house tonight and let out every demon. You need to begin to open up that door. You need to begin to pray away every demon. Hallelujah. Every warlock, every my God, and you don't even understand that some of the stuff that you be watching on TV, it can cause demons to be transferred right into your household. This thing is that deep. Hallelujah. Demons, they'll ride you. They'll try to distort your mind. They'll try to cause you to want to go commit suicide. They'll try to cause you to get on the phone with the wrong people. Hallelujah. Demons, they'll try to influence you. And some of you, you don't want to talk about this. You don't want to hear about it because you think it's scary. But I'm telling you right now, 
You better know, hallelujah. You better know, hallelujah, what to do, hallelujah. When the enemy tries to come in like a flood, you better know how to open up your mouth. You better know, hallelujah, to say, I refuse to be bound. I refuse to die. I refuse, hallelujah. I refuse it. You got to refuse the enemy. You got to resist him. You got to come out of agreement with his demons. Some of you guys, you just been sitting up in your rooms. You just been sitting up in your living rooms, hanging out with these demons. And you know you do. Because sometimes when you come into your house, you don't feel no peace. And sometimes you can't even sleep at night. It feels so heavy. It feels so dark. You better begin to recognize, hallelujah, when your atmosphere in your house is jacked up. You better begin to recognize when that spirit of heaviness tries to hit you and your children. Who am I talking to on tonight? You better begin to open up your mouth and you better begin to speak, hallelujah, to every situation. Begin to decree and declare the word of the Lord. If you don't know what to pray, guess what? Not knowing what to pray is no longer an excuse. Pray the word. Open up your Bible and begin to pray the word. Open up your Google app and begin to Google scriptures and prayers that will cause demons to flee. Not knowing what to pray is no longer an excuse. The enemy will try to kill you because you still try to figure out what to pray. Hallelujah. The enemy trying to kill your child and you still trying to figure out what to pray. You better get on Google and you better pull up every scripture. You better research what scriptures, hallelujah, can I pray that will pray away lust? What scriptures can I pray that will pray away perversion? What scriptures can I pray that will pray away demons? What scriptures can I speak over myself if I want to live a pure life? Hallelujah. Not knowing what to pray is no longer an excuse. Hallelujah. It's time for you guys to step into what the Lord is calling you to do. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Hallelujah. Somebody need to type right now that it's time. Somebody need to understand right now that the enemy hates you, that it's time. It's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to come out. It's time. It's time. Hallelujah. It is time. Hallelujah. It is time. It's time. Whatever you do, you want to make sure that you are leaning on God. You want to make sure that you're leaning on him, that you're not getting in your own way. You want to make sure that you are leaning on him, his way, his wisdom, his guidance, so that he can continue to order your steps. Why? Because God will never leave you wrong. He'll never lead you wrong. <laughs> 